and you can live in the day. Welcome to the show. How you doing? Hello, Rokas? everyone. I, I'm great. Just, How are you, Rush? I love that intro song. <laughs> yes, yes. The one we can definitely hear right now. <laughs> so, of course, the intro song, and I thought about this earlier, the intro song comes later in post-production, uh, but I love that song, Live in the Day. Uh, when I heard it uh, from uh, Jordan Peterson's Twitter feed, I was like, yes, uh, that's a that's a good theme song, and it's it's not so famous that we'll get in trouble for using it yet. <laughs> it's only got eleven thousand views on YouTube, and that's that's nothing. Um, but that's such a good song. It's so important. Mm-hmm. Live in the day, live in the moment. But there's a balance there, right? Like if you listen to the full song, it talks about going fully into the balance of not just oh take what comes and never worry about tomorrow it's it's have a plan be mindful don't be a dummy things like that all right moving on today we wanted to kind of cover something that Prajemic brought up Prajemic is a, a good friend of ours and a student of the path and We've been talking for a few years now. He first emailed me. He was on, he's been on the show, but Bergemic emailed me uh, a few years ago when I was in Denver. Yeah, so maybe like a year and a half ago or something. And he said, uh, hey, uh, asked me a bunch of questions and stuff, needed help, gave him some help. And then uh, one of, I think his sister or his girlfriend at the time emailed me around his birthday and said, Hey, Prajemic, uh, he, he really, you're a mentor and a role model of his. Can you, can you make like a birthday video for him? <laughs> I thought that was so nice. cool. Yeah. And I made him a video and, and I sent it to her and they played it for him on his birthday. And it was a surprise. It's kind of funny, but ever since we've been going back and forth talking and, and just talking about life and stuff and, uh, we have to have him on a show again because he's always got these great things to talk about. The latest thing was he was asking about misconceptions on the path. He said, Hey, have you ever done an episode of misconceptions on the path? And I said, I don't think so. I don't know. Do you Rokas know of any episodes where we've talked about we have this? covered the path, but I don't remember if we did cover misconceptions, everything, everything is the path, right? But misconceptions, we probably have covered a a little bit about it, but misconceptions on the path as a main topic, I don't think so. And what came to mind was the biggest misconception on the path is thinking that the path, the path is enjoyable. (laughs) Thinking that the path of life, uh, the path of self-mastery and discipline and perfection and self-mastery basically is a good way to just put it into one phrase. The Thinking that that path is enjoyable is the biggest misconception I've ever come across. And it's, it's something that I've experienced when I was younger. I'm an, I'm a, see, I'm a very old man now. No one can see me, but I know I sound like I'm in my 30s. 
it's not the case. But when I was very, very young um, and I was just stepping onto the path, I thought it was going to be fun. I thought it was going to be a joyous adventure that was full of wonder and awe. And I had visions of grandeur on the path. And that's because my first six months in the monastery were incredibly blissful. And I use that word carefully. They were blissful. Every freaking day for six months, I was so happy. Like I had found a new meaning in life, a new purpose. All that stuff is true. And I foolishly thought that was representative of the path as a whole. And it's not. And the monks, of course, don't tell you because they don't want to scare you. But you come back, you start doing your real work, right? You start peeling the layers of the onion of yourself and your ego. And there's oil inside and the oil eventually burns you. And I see it in yoga philosophy in Western yoga schools with a primarily uh, female oriented uh, sector, basically, you know, you have the yoga, yoga people, you have the meditation people, you have the love, you have the namaste, you have all that stuff. And that's all well and good. But that's the that's the first six months, like that's the very beginning of your path. And if you've I've said this before on various platforms, if you're if you've been meditating and it's really going well and you're making a lot of progress, you're not actually making that much progress. You need to go through painful. Excruciating experiences in order to develop resilience. And after you've developed that resilience to pain, then you can start to appreciate the miracle that is everything and, and really be blissful. But it's not like that all the time. How was that emulated in the monastery? The pain? How was that like expressed? How did one experience pain? How or emulated? Hmm. Uh, uh, give. Can you say? So that? when you say, um, when you give an example of peeling the layers of the onion, yeah, and that was through pain, and I can't remember how you phrased it, but how was that emulated in the monastery to force you to then go through that to then change? Um. I have to look that up for a second. I haven't heard that word in a long time. I'm going to look up emulated everyone. Okay. <laughs> Rokas is like, okay. I mean, I asked you for a lot of words. It also seems normal. Match or surpass, typically by imitation. In computing and emulator. Oh, that's for computing. So... That's a difficult word for me. How is that? How is that passed on in the monastery? Okay, so how is it recreated in the monastery? That pain, I guess I could say it that way. Because I say in real out in the world. So once you left the monastery, 
like you can see there are ways someone could experience those pains just for living life but how was that how was that recreated in the monastery I I see, yeah. Say, yeah. No, that's a good word. I have, I just, I'm just trying to learn that word a little bit. Um, so <laughs> that's an awesome question, actually. Um, you have to, if someone actually has the decision that they want to, because we all go through pain. It's not, it's, it, it doesn't make sense to say, well, you just go through pain. You have to consciously go through your life. You have to consciously live and be aware of everything. When you consciously do that, when, you, when you're mindful, that's what mindfulness really is, right? When you're finally aware of your life and all the horrors and the, the miracles mixed in together and, you, and you're purposefully observing them, as a means of getting better, becoming better and looking deeply, that's sufficient. Okay. That's what the monastery does. They pull you out of life and they say, stop, stop thinking, stop knowing, stop doing all this crap and just pay attention. Listen to what we're saying, do what we tell you to do and stop making everything so complicated. And you're sitting there and you're doing the work, you're observing things, and all of a sudden, and this is the special part of the path, it comes from inside you, out of nowhere, because you've stopped running autopilots, you've stopped running these programs like kids and car and job and paycheck and all these concepts that come in that have a zero sum, you know, they just equal a very shallow value when you move all that aside and look at life and death then you start to realize you don't know anything no one knows anything and we're all just kind of stepping forward just elegantly like we're almost falling but our foot gets in the way and so that's how we walk like we're, we're carefully falling forward, right? So being a yogi and being mindful and stepping on the path and, and, and beginning to observe your small place in the universe is a way to emulate um, true yogic knowledge. It's a way to bring forth true yogic knowledge. Uh, because look, the point is most people aren't doing that in, in, in yogic philosophy, philosophical terms, people are either asleep or they're awake. Okay. You, we hear that awakened, uh, self-realized, um, you know, what does that mean? If, is someone asleep, if, is someone asleep, someone's awake, like, what the hell does that mean? It means that we're either observing or we're not observing. Uh, we're, we're running on autopilot or we're, we're, we're actually in charge of the system. So it's very simple, but it takes a long time of, of continued, dedicated, uh, sustainable practices, not just 
on one week and off another, but consistency, yeah. consistent. And for that, for consistency to happen, it has to be sustainable. So it's not sustainable to say, well, you need to, you need to go to a, a retreat, a meditation retreat for a, a year. You need to go to India for, for a few years and just let everything go. It doesn't work like that. And it doesn't have to, that's the best part. That's what you realize. That's what we all realize in the monastery. We go in there when we're teenagers and, you know, five to 10 years later, most people like it hits them like a brick wall. Oh, all I had to do was pay attention to my own damn mind and, and my surroundings and I would have been fine, but you needed someone to do that for you in the beginning. So that, I guess that's why we ask those questions and that's why we answer them because there's people who have done these things and they can kind of give you a shortcut. That's kind of the shortcut. Um, it's not, it doesn't need to happen in a jungle. It can happen when you're staring at your, uh, staring at your brat kid yelling at you, wanting something. <laughs> or, um, you know, it can happen when you're in the store. I love this part of it. So when, you, when you're mindful, you can begin to watch other people. That's the best part. When you can see it, when you can learn from other people, and you can say that person, you know, is you can look at their mind and see what they're going through. Um, I see it all the time, right? You, if you're paying attention, you see it everywhere. People are irritated. People are opinionated. People are uh, spending their energy like it's like it's free money, and they're they're wasting their energy. And it happens through people's language. It happens through their emotions, through their, their, their thoughts. God, I can't, I can't tell you how many times people come up to me and start talking to me about someone else. Someone, someone in their family or some crap like that. And it's like, what the hell do I care about that? Why do you care about that? Stop focusing on other people for a second. The point is, Energy management is about, you know, stop worrying about other people and other things for a second. Worry about yourself. Let other people be. And, and it's, so, it's so profound when you start practicing that way. I don't know. That's how you, that's how you emulate it. Rokas, that's a good question. So that's the, that's the, Prigemic, that's the misconception. Um, Would there be other things you'd have to add, though, or just that? Because that started you off broke with up you a saying, little bit. Would there be other things? Yeah. What? Would there be other things you'd have to add to that? Because that was all along the thinking of that the path is not fun. So that's like oh. a misconception. So are there other yeah, things as well? Yeah, thank you. There, we don't want to say the path is never fun. That's that's not what I mean. I try to focus on the painful part because that is a majority of it. Life is pretty painful, right? Especially when we start paying attention to it and we look around. 
and we see all the terrible things. But, okay, here's the weird part, okay? You have to go through all that. You have to experience all that. You have to see life that way a little bit in order to eventually burst from within this, this knowledge and wisdom that it's actually perfect and that there is no tragedy. There is no unwarranted suffering and there, there is no pain. All right. Okay. So there's the, there's the catch 22. I just talked about pain. And then I just talked about the opposite. There is no pain. And there's, that's the stages of the path. And again, it's a misconception to not understand the path has stages, layers, levels. It's got these, these timing things. It's got a timeline. So uh, it, depending on where you are, we can talk about the part of the timeline. That's, what, that's how you become a teacher. You have to experience the, the timeline and then you can start teaching it. So you, you can then take a student and say, oh, I see where you are on the timeline. Let's, let's, let's adjust your perspective and, and adjust your actions for the, where you are now. And, uh, you know, you can tell when someone's been through it and say, oh, okay, you're there on the timeline. You understand what I'm saying. You, you, we, we, we once experienced pain and suffering, confusion, doubt, disgust, frustration, right? That's sort of the rumblings of the path. We experience that. And then um, it's, it, there's, a, there's an enlightenment process. There's a, the, a realization that uh, everything is happening for a reason. It's, it's actually a perfect system and there's nothing wrong. So uh, that's the eventual part. That's the best part. That's where we, that's, and when you're there, that's how you get to live the rest of your lives. You, you get to live that way. It's really great. It's a really great place to be. And I'll go back to blissful. So you end up at the beginning again. It's, it's blissful again. It's like you wake up and you realize that the, you, the situation you're in is, is a miracle. And hardships are a miracle in and of themselves. Not so much when you're inside them, but when the rebound effect happens from the conscious and subconscious and superconscious minds, when they come, when they boomerang back to you, right? And everyone who's been through pain on that timeline and have survived it and looked back on it and they say, God, that was actually like one of the best things that ever happened to me. And, and you, can, you can hear people testify to that, right? We've had some of those people on the show, mm -hmm. right? Uh, Jessica Kramer comes to mind, right? She, she was in the episode where she experienced horrific childhood uh, sexual abuse and trauma for years and looks back on it and is like, okay, that's what I needed to go through. The, the miracle of, that I notice of life now is, is, a, is in front of my vision because of that pain. And she sees it for what it is. It's a, it's a, it's a, an amazing thing. Oh, we were just watching a show last night called Allison on Netflix, I think. 
about a woman who was was uh, kidnapped, raped, and uh, almost killed. Her throat was slit, and she was stabbed thirty-seven times in the abdomen. And her 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 um, her entrails were on the outside of her body. Basically, she was gutted, and her insides were now outside. And it's disgusting and it's horrific. And she looks on it. This was in 1995. And she survived. <laughs> like, I don't know how, like these guys were, she was attacked by two um, animals, basically uh, young souls, obviously, who uh, didn't really know what they were doing and, and, uh, and missed her, her main arteries but <clears throat> she survived and and looks on it as a teaching experience she she now teaches people how to let go of their trauma i mean at that point you can't say that you've been through trauma i mean so that's why one of the ways we emulate uh, another way to emulate these teachings is to um, learn about horrific historical uh, moments in people, in individuals' lives. It's one thing to learn about history as a whole and go through, you know, a country's manifestation and things like that. That's all well and good. But we really relate to the individual because we are individuals at the end of the day. So if you can... Uh, find a story that just tears your skin open and exposes you. Those are the kinds of stories. And if you can keep that with you, that, that, that will help you through the difficult times in life. Uh, and I've, I've spent so much time in that world um, I'm able to recall some of those that I've learned about their history and, and, and through books and things like that. And through podcasts, um, man. And, you know, when you really reflect about something, it takes a long time. I, I heard something from a movie the other day. Have you ever seen Rokas? Have you ever seen uh, into the wild? Yeah. When did you, when did you see that movie a while ago? Um, Probably about at least a year ago, maybe two, yeah. You you remember it quite well or no? What parts? Um, just a, remember, a general whole. Yeah, I remember. It was a good movie, movie, in other words. Yeah. We tend to remember good movies. Yeah, it was good. That's why we call things memorable. I do remember a lot of things that... Movies that are based on real events are usually quite memorable to me. Yeah, yeah. Easy to relate to. We love those. Helena and I love those. Um, but this, one of the best parts of the movie for me was because I love the whole movie. I love the guy's journey and everything. I think it was great. I'm, it's, well, I won't tell, I won't say what happened in the end, but I don't want to do any spoiler alerts. But if you haven't seen Into the Wild, watch that movie. There's a point in the movie where he, this young man on this soul searching journey realizes that happiness, and this I'm quoting him, uh, 
Happiness is only real if it's shared. Happiness is only real if it's shared. That was one of his biggest realizations in the movie. And, you know, I couldn't stop thinking about that for a week. Like, about every 30 minutes for a week, I was like, are you kidding me? That's one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard, ever. And I'm an incredibly old man. <laughs> so I've heard it all. Happiness is only real if it's shared. I just, when I hear things like that, I can't move on. I can't stop thinking about it. And I'll go on for years thinking about it something. And that's what I mean by mindfulness and, and being Zen and having a Zen mind. Like you, you look at the little details of stuff and you just get, you get, uh, you start drowning in them and you're like, wow. Oh my God. Like realization after realization of what that means. Cause everything has, has consequences And, and saying something like that has a consequence. Every thought has a consequence. There's meaning behind everything. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And have you come to a conclusion whether you agree with that or whether you'd have something to add to happiness is only real of his shed? <sighs> That's a good question. Okay, I didn't think about it personally. I thought about it like universally, but I believe it. I, I love it. I, I think it's true. I, I, I try to live that way. Yes. The, so in my experience, having lived in an isolated fashion for over a decade, I, I think it's one of the best things I've ever heard because it's, it's one of the reasons why I left the monastery. You know, you you get to this point in the monastery where you're cruising. You wake up, you get some espresso, you go to work, you're in the, one of the most beautiful places in the world, and you're doing all this great work, and it's like, well, who cares? Like, it's just you in your little bubble, and, and that gets old real quick. This is a people mission. I always say that. This is a people mission. And if you're isolated and if you're realizing all these things and if you're learning and if you're bettering yourself, that's great. But that is not a means to an end. The, the, the means to the end is teaching that to other people. Keeping all that stuff to yourself is stupid. I try to learn something and talk about it like minutes later. Like, hey, did you know that? You know, and it could be wrong, but it's like, hey, maybe this will help if I say this out loud. But maybe I'll learn that it's wrong if I say it out loud. I was talking to this guy the other day at work and I was like talking about these meetings. Uh, there's a lot of meetings in government work. Everyone knows that. That's not secret. And, and, and there's, there's, there can be too many meetings at times. Uh, there's a book called The the death of, of, the, of a meeting 
I think it's called something like that. It's a really good book. Um, meeting, too many meetings. Sometimes there's meetings about meetings. Sometimes there's conversations about conversations. I'm kind of against that kind of thing. But um, I was like in this meeting and I said, hey, uh, do you know why you have all these meetings? Like, is there a point to them? Specifically, he had 12 a year about this one topic once a month. And I was like, gosh, that's a lot of planning. It takes like three weeks to plan the meeting. So you can tell the coordinator in charge of that meeting is always planning for that next meeting. And I'm thinking, what's the action here? What's the, what's the, what's the, what are, what are you delivering? What are the deliverables? What, what product are you making? What are you bettering with, for example, were the last six meetings worth it? And he said, you know, I love that question. And he told me this story about how he had this really big meeting <laughs> and a bunch of people were like, you know, that was a waste of time. <laughs> I didn't learn anything. And, and what are we doing? And he was really thankful for that thought because, and I didn't know, I was just spitballing, but I like to radically change things. I don't like to follow the status quo. When I come into something, I try to change it. I try to change it for the better. And I bring up points, right? Because that's a mindful thing to do. I, I wanna, and I was like, I think you're all just talking to each other and no one is doing anything. And he stepped back. He gave me this big picture idea. And he was like, we're going to like take this to the next uh, leader team meetup. And I'm going to bring this up because, yeah, let's reduce some of these meetings, blah, 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 blah. But, um, you know getting back to the point where it's like, if, if things are too internal, if it's just us, it's not enough. It's kind of a waste. We need, we need these ideas to be spread out. We need to actually change things. We need to make good of them. So I, I could add a whole bunch of stuff to that, that saying, excuse me. Um, happiness is only real when it's shared, but, but that's, it's just so succinct and perfect. I, I, I really wouldn't want to add anything to it. It's so beautiful. Of course, there's a balance. The show always comes back to balance. Yes. We need to experience things by ourselves in an isolated fashion. Happiness is certainly real. If we're alone, there's no question about it, but, but we're talking about ultimate happiness. We're talking about happiness. Absolute as the philosophers would say, happiness, absolute. That was one of Socrates's favorite things to talk about was justice, happiness, love, trust, faith, society, absolute, just put, put in some word and then put absolute behind it. Because people would ask Socrates all these questions, like, what do you think about love? And he's like, well, what kind of love? What are you talking about? There's individual love. There's lustful love. There's, there's love of, of a thing. There's temporary love. And then there's love absolute. It's the love absolute that really caught his attention. That was important. So, of course, there's happiness in, in eating an ice cream cone. And no, I don't want to share my ice cream cone with you. Let's be honest. It's mine. But there's, there's love that, that 
there's happiness that expands into making ice cream and sharing it with people and, and watching them eat it. That's a whole different level. They're both real. They're both true. You should probably have more of the making, less of the eating by yourself. Although I will say, we, uh, Helena and I went to this awesome vegan place here that California has. Um, Deepak probably knows this one. Uh, uh, veggie Grill. And, um, man, I love Veggie Grill, I'll be honest. And uh, I got this sandwich and Helena got something and, and I'm, I'm, about to, I'm about to bite into it for the first time. I'm super hungry. We put the baby down and she, she's like halfway through her stuff. And she's like, Oh, can I have some? <laughs> oh, can I have a bite? <laughs> I'm like, get away from my sandwich. I just got here. <laughs> I don't know. All right. So, any other misconceptions on the path? That's what this show is about. Misconceptions on the path. Um, anything comes to your mind, Rokas? I mean, you're like you're I'm on still the timeline. on the puff, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I wouldn't really know. You're like, I'm over, I'm over there. I could I'm, ask. I'm... So, where would you say I'm on the timeline, and what should I do to progress? Yeah, I mean, you're, I think we were talking about that a few episodes ago. It's really exciting where you are, you know, as a young man learning about all these things, you've kind of got a, a cheat code with all these podcasts. Yeah. Um, you're, you're, so since I know you personally, um, and I know your, uh, I know all your secrets, um, I would say you've gone through that pain pretty damn well. And you are in the cusp of correlating pain with knowledge and knowledge with wisdom. And you're, you're collecting the information. You're such an open person and you're such a critical thinker. Um, you're, you're in this massive collection phase. You've, you've already declared, I need the teachings. I want the teachings. I want to learn. Um, and you did that all by yourself and you, you know, found uh, my work online and, and the wonderful communities that we've, we've been a part of in the past. And, um, and that's expanding all the time. And, and what, what's awesome for me is I'm still learning about all your, your genius, um, the stock market being the newest one, probably. And uh, so the collection phase is beautiful. It's like uh, Kirby. Have you ever, you're too young to remember the video game called Kirby. It was about this white, like marshmallow blob named Kirby. Mm -hmm. And he would, and he, you never played Kirby, right? I haven't played, but I've seen, I know what it is, yeah. You've seen him breathe in for energy or whatever he does. He like sucks in <laughs> whatever's around. He goes I know how he looks, phase. but yeah, I'm not sure about, I haven't played it's it. It's not a marshmallow, sure. but he's like a really fat cat or something. Anyway, he's, he's, he, uh, you're like in the, the collection phase, the breathe in and then the breathe out, the exhale is like, that's like wisdom. 
It's when you can stop collecting for a little while and you, you, you let that stuff sink in. And, uh, you know, you're, you're in that, you're in that phase and that's beautiful. Um, people go through it and they're confused. You know, there's a confusion phase. You know, they're, they're collecting karma, as we would say, they're just co collecting karma. And man, that's where most people are. Let's be honest. Most people are collecting karma. So karma is a very interesting aspect of this timeline. There's karma that we have when we're very young that we aren't really in control of because we're born. And for the first, you know, eight to 10 years, we're just kind of, we're inside the karma that we were born into. And uh, <clears throat> so we all go through that. Um, and then there's karma that we start to make. And we know about when we're conscious, when we start to actually develop a, a solid brain and we can critically think and, and we know we're doing something bad where we shouldn't take this candy bar in the corner store, you know, that age kind of thing, or we shouldn't tell a lie, <clears throat> but we do anyway. There's the, there's that types of karma, the little things, but when we're start to, when we start to really become aware of what we're doing and we keep doing it, um, that's, that's one karmic phase. And then, you know, some people are kind of in this hybrid state where they're creating karma and they're older, middle-aged, and they're not even really aware of it yet. They haven't really broke out to, oh, it is my fault. Shameless plug. That's why I wrote the book called Everything is Your Fault. Um, I was just talking, we passed by our neighbors yesterday on, a, on our, on our walk into the city and we were talking about life and everything. And, and, uh, they were like, Oh, what's your, what's your book called? Cause that topic came up. I'm a salesman through and through I'll walk around and just talk about my book all, all damn day. And, and they were like, Oh, what's your book about? Uh, I was called and I said, Oh, uh, it's called everything is your fault. And they laughed as everyone does. Cause that's, it's the, look, it's the, one of the best titles that a book has ever been named. <laughs> um, and they laughed and they were like, yeah, God, isn't that the truth? And, and they're all of a sudden we know where they are on the timeline. Oh, okay. I'm talking to educated people here who have, who have thought about this kind of thing before they had two kids, they've been through pain before. These are actually really wonderful people. Um, they're, they're Christians. I believe they're one of them teaches at a theological uh, school uh, teaches comparative religions. And the other one teaches at a uh, preschool or something for a, a Christian preschool or something like that, or third grade. I don't remember young kids. But yeah, we're, you know, if you pay attention, you know, you can see where they are. You can look through and, and, and just hear, if, if, oh, you know, a person needs to just say a few, a few words and you're like, ah, okay, that's where they are on the timeline. You know, if I ever hear someone tell me 
they say some stupid thing like like some some sophomoric kind of thing they use a word some word or they say some dumb joke i mean some really dumb joke i'm like okay that's where they are they're in that phase and uh you know you don't want to just you don't want to judge people you we just observe i always say that we're not above people because we're observing we're not above or below there's no level like that it's not real right that's all made up there's no individual hierarchy there's no like status hierarchy that doesn't make any sense that's that's imaginary there's there's just observation that's all it doesn't make you better or worse than anyone else so I don't know where we got, how we got onto that. We started talking about uh, other stuff. So, in, unless you have anything, Rokas, I don't know. I bet we can call it there and just let everyone, let everyone go. I think that's fine. The, All right, it's a good episode. Yeah, the clubhouse is as empty. Deepak joined for a while and then had to go. He's got two, two. Uh, two kids he's got to take care of he's got three kids but one of them's not so young anymore um yes uh everyone 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 thank you for listening and thank you uh for your continued support of man in the making we are now on clubhouse so if you go on clubhouse saturdays at 9 a.m if you're listening to this it's wednesday but uh, we recorded this on Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. If you want to come to a live broadcast, uh, raise your hand, uh, join the show. I mean, we will like pick you up and bring you on stage and you can start talking with us. Uh, come and join us on Clubhouse. I am Rajan underscore Shankara. Uh, I don't know if Rokas has an easy name to follow on there. Is it a bunch of numbers? Rokas 999. Sorry. Rokas 99. Rokus 99, that's easy enough. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and follow us, or if you need to get invited, message us and uh, find us, and we'll bring you on. Because with Clubhouse, you have to get invited in. It's that kind of Clubhouse. Exclusive. Uh, yeah, for a while. <laughs> They'll probably open it up eventually. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah we're, we're, I also do a, a morning show now called Morning Yogi at 8 a.m. Pacific. Most days, Monday through Friday. If I have a meeting, I won't be there. But I go through 50 minutes, uh, 20 minutes of uh, breathing practice, stuff like that. It's pretty awesome. So it is indeed awesome. Can confirm. Awesome. Yes. Rokas was there the other day. How was that, Rokas? Did you have a good, good session? Yeah. You did the breathing, the long breath. Yep. yep. Cool. And I'll be joining again when you're done. done. Nice. So I will always try to send out an announcement and uh, let people know on all my platforms, I guess. I'll try. And believe it or not, you heard it here first. Zen Mind Academy is starting to plan its first meditation retreat. We're not sure where it's going to be, but we are pretty sure it's going to be in August. We're going to have a meditation retreat. We're probably going to open up about 10 to 15 seats. And... Uh, you'll fly to where we go and, and we're going to have like a three day, three day retreat. It's going to be great. Um, we're in the planning phase and it's going to be, it's, it's going to be 
pretty, pretty good. We got some awesome team members uh, collaborating on that and more to come on that for sure. We'll probably update people as news comes out. We haven't officially released it or opened up um, uh, tickets yet, but we will. We will relax. And the book, Everything is Your Fault, is on Amazon. You can pre-order it now. That actually helps me a lot because it looks good to my publisher that people are pre-ordering. And we got some pre-orders going on. So it really excited. That's going to hit July 1st or something or June 1st, one of those J's a few months from now. And I think it's going to be a big deal. I'm really, I think it's, I think it's going to help some people. I think it's going to be great. And who knows, maybe I'll tour around the country talking about it. I'll quit my job at NASA. No, I'm just kidding. Love working at NASA. Um, and that is a, such great people to be around every day. Um, so I hope I can do that for as long as I can, for as long as I need to, as long as they let me. And yeah, um, what else? I don't know we're around i'm not so much on social media too much but i'm on twitter more these days i'm gonna just say rokas it's been a pleasure and uh your win is my win is our win yes yes you almost said it with me uh, yeah and then <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> let's do it let's do it wait okay your, your win, win is, 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 <laughs> win is our win is beautiful yeah all right we're gonna figure that out uh have a great day everyone great week and um until next week rokas goodbye